everybody. Welcome back to the Doctor and Duo podcast, where two medical students give you honest, unfiltered, and real-person opinions uh, and feedback on what medical school and being a pre-med is actually like, from formerly average pre-med to your average pre-med. Uh, my name's Eleni. Um, I'm an M1 at Penn State College of Medicine. And as a reminder, I speak only for myself and not for my institution. Hey, everybody. I'm Noah. I'm a first-year medical student at Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine. And similar to Eleni, I only speak um, for myself and not my institution. All right. So today we're coming back with kind of maybe a topic we should have reserved for Halloween, but um, <laughs> I think an important topic nonetheless. So we're here to talk to you guys today about anatomy. Like what anatomy is, what it entails, and you know how we studied for it and how we succeeded with it. And we wanted to record this episode earlier, but Penn State doesn't start doing that in me until November. So... Uh, taking my first anatomy exam, I passed, thank God. Um, Noah's taken many, I'm sure. So we're here to give you guys uh, our feedback from the battlefield. Um, so to kick us off, talking a little bit about how the courses are structured. Noah, do you want to talk about how Mayo does their anatomy courses? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> starting out with how Mayo organizes our anatomy course and to give a background. So anatomy is really about the structure of the human body. Function is kind of reserved for physiology, and at least here at Mayo, we do that in our organ system blocks, and some schools have a whole physiology course. But how anatomy worked here is that it's seven weeks. We covered the entire human body in that seven weeks. Um, for us, it was entirely virtual. Um, we had a specific emphasis on, yeah, yeah, we had like four hours a day. It was from eight to noon, um, entirely virtual. Um, we had prosected body specimens, which they would actually do like a lab tour and we got they would actually take fiber optic cameras and like go into body cavities and stuff really cool but then we also had optional lab time um during the afternoon in which we could go in and actually see and touch the bodies and get a feel for those structures um we also had a specific emphasis on radiology so specifically x-rays most notably chest x-rays were a big one and then um ct scans so chest and abdominal cts and also head ct as well but you get more into that in neuro. Um, and then our final, as far, and we'll get into exams a little bit later, but just as a precursor, we had um, an NBME, a National Board of Medical Examiners um, exam for our final. And we also had a lab practical in which we had to, they put a pen in a body or an arrow, and then we had to identify um, what that structure was. What did the timeline of your class look like? I'm kind of curious. Like, as far as, like, how long or in terms yeah, of... Yeah, so, like, was it just, like, all grouped up front? Like, how long did that take? Was it spread out? Yeah, no, it, it was definitely all condensed within that seven weeks as far as, like, how they organized it, as far as the timeline. They tried to make it semi-logical, so we kind of started at, like, um, kind of, like, the thoracic region, and we kind of, like, went down to body, and then we went back up to head and neck since head and neck had, like, a lot of structure. So that was kind of, like, the last part. So we started with, like, the shoulder and, like, brachial plexus, went our way down to the thorax and the abdomen and the pelvis, and then ended up back at head and neck. So that was kind of how it was structured. Cool. Um, so um, just, just as kind of a personal curiosity, so did you guys actually have cadavers? Or... Yeah, we, yeah, we did have cadavers. So the we kind of had two separate interaction with our cadavers. Part of it was in the anatomy lab, they had a whole multi-tech studio in which mm -hmm. they had um, fancy camera setups. 
they could show us different angles of the bodies and how uh, professional um, anatomists had dissected the bodies and show us the key highlighted structures that they want us to know. And then in the mm -hmm. afternoon, we had lab time where we would actually, you know, put on gloves, put on like PPE, and then go in and actually get to touch, see and feel the bodies and um, see it for ourselves without somebody walking us through it. Did you guys get to dissect yourself? No. So I should add that caveat. So at Mayo, you do not, as a first year, you do not dissect your own bodies. Um, there's, I've previously talked about selectives. Um, I believe it's in June um, of this year, so 2023, where first year medical students, you spend a whole week just dissecting and you get to learn from one of the top um, anatomy educators in the world. He's going to walk you through how you dissect the human body. So they kind of reserve that once you've kind of had anatomy and you know your way around the body instead of kind of, I guess their logic is so you don't go blindly cutting into structures that you don't know where you are just yet. Got it. Yeah, so we're, we're a little different um, uh, on that end. Uh, so we don't start off with anatomy. Penn State's a little weird. I, I don't know how it is. I think at a lot of schools, they start you guys out with anatomy. Um, Penn State's weird. They have this very big focus on like holistic, humanistic, all that good stuff. Um, so they really like ease you in in your first few uh, weeks of medical school. Uh, so we didn't start anatomy until November. As a note, we started medical school in July. Um, and um, so we started with uh, thoracic, so mediastinum, um, lungs, uh, and cardio anatomy. And so basically we all get cadavers. Um, so it's two groups per cadaver, two groups of four. Uh, so group A dissects the right side, group B dissects the left side. Um, so that's kind of how they split it up. And so like, it'll be like group A will remove the heart and group B will remove the lungs and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so we do all our own dissections, which could be a good or bad thing. Um, uh, we definitely made some cuts that we probably weren't supposed to, but I guess Penn State's philosophy is you kind of learn in the process. Yeah. Um, for example, we had to make a sagittal cut of the breasts. Um, we did not do a very good job of that. Um, we, it was almost like, it was almost, I hate to describe it this way, but it was almost like filleting cuts because we cut the wrong way because we were trying to look for lobules. It was just an unfortunate experience. Um, maybe not a good reference for me being a breast surgeon, but uh, <laughs> it, I think it was a really good learning experience to do it hands-on to say, okay, you know, we're, we're digging through the thoracic cavity. Hey, that's a phrenic nerve you know, or, hey, that's the vagal nerve. And it's like, let's see how easy that is to damage it in surgery kind of thing. Um, I got to use the bone saw on the sternum, which was pretty oh, nice. cool. Stressed me out because it went really fast. And I was trying my best not to have it puncture the heart. Um, and then what we do is we are very concentrated on anatomy in the first few weeks of our cardiorespiratory block. And then we took our exam. And now we're done with anatomy for this block. And now we focus on pathophys. Uh, that's not the case with all blocks. Um, I know for, for example, renal is our next block. Uh, we're going to be doing renal anatomy concurrently with pathophysiology. So it's just going to kind of depend how they want to structure it. Um, but basically we do the anatomy for each organ system. We finish that organ system and then we move on. So it's very much in organ systems. So you're kind of applying what you learn immediately so that it sticks. Right. So instead of saying, oh, my gosh, um, you know, the posterior descending artery runs with the middle cardiac vein, 
I hope that's right. Um, I think that is. <laughs> and um, forgetting it tomorrow or forgetting it in three weeks is kind of saying, okay, now I'm going to look at a case where there's, you know, an occlusion in that artery, you know, what vein doesn't run with. So you're forced to kind of think about it constantly. You know, I like that system in some ways, but I also feel like it would have been nice to just get anatomy over and done with, uh, in part because it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. Um, a lot of memorizing. And also, I hate the smell. I hate the smell. I can't stand yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how Penn State formats it. So I, I think that's really the two main formats, I would say, that you would see in medical school. Yeah, I would say you ever do it all at once like I did. So you kind of actually... Luckily for our listeners, you kind of got the two different perspectives that you'll see. You'll see all at one, or you'll see it, you know, again, kind of in chopped up manner um, through your organ systems. So neither one's really a wrong approach. It's just, you know, different approaches to the, to the same subject matter. And um, I'm not sure it's something that you want to base your medical school decision on, but, you know, something to like keep in mind as you like are looking about choosing where to go. You'll learn anatomy, like, either way. Yeah, I, I would only say, like, the only red flag I would be is, like, if it's totally virtual. Um, like, you are not touching or seeing a body. I think that was very helpful for me, personally. It's, like, be able to actually see and feel and, like, put my hands in the thoracic yeah. cavity and be like, oh, that's where the endothoracic fascia are. Because, like, unless I was ripping off that pleura, I wouldn't have been able to see that or understand what they were talking about. Yeah, I will say it is super useful being in the cadaver lab. I think, you know, it provides a good benchmark knowing that a lung is less dense than a liver and being able to feel it. And, you know, that's just something that you'll never really get um, unless you go into pathology, the opportunity to see really again, <laughs> or maybe like transplant surgery. But um, it's not really something that you'll routinely see again. So it's really a unique opportunity um, and kind of like um, how May awarded it, our cadavers were our first patients. Um, it's, you know, getting experience, um, you know, interacting with the body, seeing all the different structures and like thinking about all the things that can go wrong, even if they're not formally teaching it. You're, as you look at a lung, you're like, hmm, what are the things that affect the lung? So it's kind of like that intro to thinking like a doctor a little bit. Actually, speaking of density, that reminded me, we also do imaging. But our imaging tends, so I, I, I'm not sure totally how imaging works for later blogs, but we also had like imaging lectures and imaging classes that were accompanying our anatomy lab. And then in our anatomy exam, we also got an imaging portion of our exam. Um, and we did CT, we did cardiac angiogram, we did uh, MRI, cardiac MRI, we did like a, a variety of things. And so we were given a lot of exercises to be like, hey, what's this? I will say that was definitely not my strong suit um, because I would look at something and be like, that's a circle or that's a blob, which is not super helpful or right. academic. I don't know how your experiences were, Noah, with imaging, but I really struggled at the beginning, just kind of like orienting myself. Yeah, I think it's definitely something where... Um... I didn't have, and I don't know about you, I certainly didn't have a lot of radiology exposure prior to um, coming to medical school. So it's similar to like the language of anatomy, the language of radiology is like vastly different in getting used to knowing like, am I in a sagittal plane? Am I in a coronal plane? And like, how does that shape what, what the organs and different structures look like? Um, so it's just different. You get used to it. 
at Mayo, um, we also had imaging on our exams. Like we had some images of like, what <laughs> they'll they'll ask you like, which bone is this? And you'll be like the scaphorn. It's like, what's a clinical correlate? And you'll be like, foosh, fallen outstretched hand. <laughs> and so it's like stuff like that. And then um, one thing that was kind of cool is in addition to like our physical cadavers, which we would go in and see in the lab, um, we had like kind of this longitudinal piece of the course where we had our own body um, on radiology and we stuck with that body and we had a radiology assignment each week and we would identify structures on CT. So you kind of got long form exposure to that and like you actually got to use some of the software. So kind of got to be a mini radiologist. So that was cool. That's awesome. We, we've been doing some cardiac ultrasound lately. Um, oh, okay, cool. But we've been doing it on like the little dummies, the, the practice dummies, which I don't feel like, like it's too perfect, right? Because you know when you're with a real patient, they're going to be squirming or, you know, yeah. they got a chunk of, you know, tummy fat or something there that makes it hard to kind of navigate around. Um, so that's that's really cool that you guys get. I, I, I think not a lot of schools do the imaging thing right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're very lucky in, yeah. in that sense uh, to get that imaging um, experience. But yeah, I just, I can't get over like, so like I said, they actually make us do the actual dissection. And I was like, how are we going to cut through bone? Right. And and I'm thinking like in my head, like, you know, you know, like in the movies or video games, like bone saw or like whatever, like bloody, what this and that. And, and the guy's like the M2 that's teaching us. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah hold on, let me go show you the tools. And he goes and gets a saw that's literally like, like you would make like a wooden rocking horse out of it. You could go to Home Depot and get for $15 and brings garden shears. <laughs> <laughs> and and so when we were cutting through the rib cage, every time a bone cracked, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so I'm not cut out for ortho. Um, Definitely not an ortho bro here also. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> Sounds of bones breaking, just can't, just can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that and throwing up, but that's a different thing. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, I feel like we've been tested in our cadaver labs by the sights and the smells and the sound, but we were also tested using exams. That was a great transition. Um, yeah. yeah, perfect so transition right there. Do you want to talk a little bit about how your exams are structured? Yeah, so... For anatomy, we just kind of had, um, we had some like, so I mentioned the radiology assignments. Um, let me see, I have it pulled up here. Um, we had a little like presentation based on our radiology assignments. Um, other than that, it was just a straight up final. <laughs> we had one final, there was no midterm. Um, so we had two. So for our lab practical, um, like I sort of mentioned, it was uh, a pen placed in a body, you had to identify that body part. Um, we also had radiology images and it would be like identify this bone or identify this muscle or um, this vessel, et cetera. Um, then for the MBME exam, which I think is actually one of the hardest subject tests if your school offers MBME exams, it's definitely one of the hardest exams. Um, just because there's a lot of clinical correlates. And um, I think if you we're just going into that exam thing and you could get away with just, they're going to ask you questions like this bone is what, or this muscle does what it, it wasn't like that. It was, you very much needed to know, um, you know, what the correlates would be of what you're going to be seeing in the office. So that kind of like threw some people off, 
But um, so that was about 100, 125 questions, if I recall correctly. So definitely um, stressful course in the sense that a lot of your grade is depending on that, those two exams and it's at the end of the course and it's cumulative, but um, you know, I got through it, I'm here, I'm still grieving, so it's all good. <laughs> so I'm sorry, you had two exams for the entirety of body anatomy? Yep, two exams for the entirety of body. So they could ask you, theoretically, they could ask you like a mediastinum question, jump to like reproductive system and then jump to like a cranium question? Yeah, no, in fact, on like our practical, you you could very much get asked which branch of the brachial plexus is this, then be asked about one of the tiny muscles in the foot and then go back up to the head and like get asked what fissure is this. So yeah, it was definitely, you you had to know your stuff because it was definitely wow. not even organized by system. It wasn't like heart questions, then like lung questions. It, was, it jumped all over the place. So it's definitely tough. Yeah, I... So, so our, and like I said, ours is by body system, which I guess makes it life a little easier um, in the sense that it's like, okay, I'm not going to get asked something weird about like the uterus or something, um, <laughs> Yeah. you know, when, I, when I'm studying the heart. Uh, but I agree. Um, I think that a lot of students, like, especially if you did anatomy in undergrad, it's kind of like, oh, you know, what muscle is this? Or what nerve is this? Or what artery is this? Or like maybe on the harder end, like what does this drain into? Or what does this drain from? Or something like that. Like, um, let me think like we had questions like if like a child was running with a piece of gum and like he choked on it like mm. and then it would be it, it was like the right lung and it was labeled and it would be yeah. like which lobe is the gum <laughs> most likely to end up in um did you get that question yeah those are very common questions for those who don't know for like lung um anatomy usually your right bronchus is straight. So it usually ends up in your right lung. And I think it's the lower lobe. I forget. It might be the middle lobe, but yeah, those are common questions that you I get. I think I put middle yeah. lobe and I got it wrong. So don't, don't be me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it is right lung because it's a little bit wider and a little bit, sh a little bit more vertical. So gravity says go that way. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So que questions like that. Um, I found BRS anatomy super helpful um, when I was studying. Um, I heard about board review series and we'll get a little bit to, um, you know, how to memorize and study later um, on in the episode. But yeah, uh, that was one resource that I, that I actually didn't get to use before the exam. Cause there's just so much, <laughs> there's so many yeah. resources. Well, I mean, I use Morse clinically oriented anatomy, which I, I, I thought was a little bit too much of a time sink. I also made my own Anki decks for this because we're okay. given like course materials. So we're given PowerPoints that we have to like memorize before we come sure. into lab so i made Anki's like my own Anki, and that's like my biggest study resource um i guess i guess we're kind of this is later i guess we're kind of because I, I what else do we have to say about ex exam structure yeah that's true yeah we've already done so yeah we can talk a little bit about application of pathophys and then yeah how to remember so how about we jump into resources since we're kind of already on the subject so yeah i will say one thing um last thing about uh, examinations is that um I don't know how your examination was but like it's very jarring to come in and like they will have all the cadavers open at least for us they had all the cadavers open we have two big like auditorium sized rooms that they store them in and like mm -hmm. you will go from table to table things will be tagged or at least for the practical portion the written exam was taken on our computers you know type an essay do some multiple choice questions which are pretty hard in my opinion um 
but like for us in the practical we rotated station to station and they would have like imaging pictures or they would have like some structure tagged and be like like what is the structure or what is the structure feeding um like for example there was one was like if you damage this nerve like what will happen and it was like the left recurrent laryngeal nerve and it's like horse and savoy stuff stuff like that um yeah but yeah it's very jarring (laughs) at least i in my opinion yeah, no, you kind of got the traditional practical exam experience. At Mayo, we're, we always do things special. So we had um, <laughs> we had um, a computer exam for both, actually. And um, for better or for worse, you got a picture. You couldn't really move around the body and see whatever structures. So um, you had to be comfortable with maybe seeing an angle of a structure that you weren't used to. So it has its pros and cons. Pro, because you don't have to go anywhere con and the sense that I think maybe I don't know if you took advantage or how you approached the practical but I think when I was in the lab one thing that was really helpful was the context you know of knowing like where you are and sometimes that can't be conveyed in a picture so just one of those things yeah Penn State was big on that so like for example like learning the splanchic nerves like you had to know like which which like T T I can't remember now which is bad but like T ten like what branches off of that T eight that kind of thing and like they would not tell you and they'd be like okay you would have to know like this is T eight or this is whatever so they were big on context but like you said there's pros and cons to 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 both styles but yeah I think we're ready to move on to uh, studying yeah. Yeah, so um, you mentioned board review series. I'll talk about um, some of the resources that I personally found helpful going through um, anatomy. Um, Eleni mentioned making her own deck. Unfortunately, I didn't have the willpower to do that because it was the entire body and I just would have gotten burned out super quick. But I did use Anki, um, watched um, some videos, untagged the corresponding cards and did it that way, I think of all the courses in anatomy is something that Anki is really helpful. It's pure memorization. You know, the brachial, the branches of the brachial plexus aren't gonna change. So it's just one of those things. Um, so Anki is definitely a resource. Um, I think, I oh yeah, I use KenHub. KenHub, um, some of you might've heard of it. Um, they have anatomy. I believe they even have histology and they even had some radiology sections. Super useful, they had videos, they had articles for each of the corresponding videos. Um, and they even had like um, some good 3D models. Um, we talked about it in previous episodes, but one thing that I got um, preparing for my practical, like Melanie actually shared it with me, was med school bootcamp, a little bit of a newer resource, but they also had really excellent videos for anatomy and they had really good practical exam images, which I used um, in preparation for my practical. Let me see. So Kinham, med school bootcamp, Anki, I think those were the main resources for me. I'm one of those people where for each given block, I try and find two or three things that I think kind of work for me and stick with those instead of bouncing around. Yeah, I I did a lot of bouncing around just because uh, I was just trying to figure out like what worked for me. I used Morse clinically oriented anatomy at first, which, you know, looking back, I, I, I don't think I would use it again just because like it's a great resource I would say especially for like pathophys relationships but it's just so dense mm-hmm. um, so I would say like emphasize what your school is giving you so our school makes us powerpoints like they make the anatomy PhD students make like presentations for us that we have to learn and so I made Anki's 
specifically from those presentations. Um, and then because those pictures were from like netters and that kind of thing, what I did was I coupled it with um, U, uh, Michigan U-Link, Blue, Blue Atlas okay. U-Link yeah. or whatever it's called. Um, and that was super helpful because I had like tagged pictures that were very clear. Um, so that was really helpful to me. And I think the biggest thing that was helpful, at least in terms of studying, was me and my friends, we would get up on a weekend and we did this like three or four times and we would go in and they give us a list of structures you have to identify. And we would ID every single structure and we would switch cadavers as well, like learn off of ones that just weren't ours because you're going to have to do that on test day. Um, and I thought that was really, really helpful. So I would say like, anatomy is not as passive as people think it is no at least at least you know as passive as i thought it was going to be which was oh i'm going to sit here and watch a video memorize it take some notes or whatever i think it's a very active learning process where you need to be touching things you need to be seeing things you need to be drilling things um it's it's a grind i i don't know how long it took you to study for that exam yeah it, it took me quite a bit i mean fortunately you know, you got to remember, like, it's, for me, it was the entire human body. So it was very much, if it wasn't repetition and going into the lab every single, for me, um, and I'm sure you were probably in the lab every day too, but for me, it was every day I'm going into the lab, into the lab for at least half an hour to an hour. Um, and I tried to do that as much as I could. I think that is important to see things, to touch things, to converse with people who are also confused about the same things that you're confused about. Um, you can share in your solidarity of how much you're hating your life right now. Um, and that's just, I think, you know, like you said, there, it's irreplaceable, that physical experience. And it, it's not just this class, but a lot of things in medical school, when you can go in and see and touch things, you should go in and see and touch things and hear things. Um, a couple of other resources that I'll mention, um, in addition to Michigan Blue Link, Blue Link uh, sorry, can't speak today. Um, there was also, um, there's this PDF. It's like a hundred concepts that you need to know for anatomy. I think it's somewhere floating out there on Reddit, but super helpful, super high yield for the, um, if your school does um, the MBME exam. So that was also, I did that like in the three or four days leading up to the exam to kind of like drill down like what are the hundred things? <laughs> and hundred is a big number that like I absolutely need to know. So, yeah. Um, I almost forgot what I was going to say. Practice problems. That reminded me. Practice problems. problems. So um, I use the anatomyguide.com. And the reason why I use that, it's a really good question bank, by the way. Really good questions. A lot of pictures. A lot of like, you can build your own quizzes based on topics. But the reason why we used it was because the guy who made the website was our anatomy professor who was making the tests. And he made it while he was at EVMS, actually. I was talking to him about living in Virginia Beach. No, it was crazy. Oh, really? Wow. We, we lived two minutes from each other in Virginia Beach. It, like, it was wow. frightening. I know, small world. Um, but I thought that was really helpful. I also used, um, I'm trying to see if I have it on my shelf. I don't. Uh, I also used uh, Gray's Anatomy Review for like practical okay. uh, questions. So it was like, Again, it's at that application. So, like, do you actually know what the posterior descending artery is doing? Do you know what the circumflex artery is doing? You know, that kind of thing, um, which I thought was helpful. And it would give you, like, a clinical presentation. Be, like, like one that was really popular was, like, if you've been stabbed, like, in the chest, 
which is horribly violent, but um, if you can sound in the chest, like what structure is most likely to be injured and you would have to know, okay, the heart is in the most interior part of the heart. It's going to be the right ventricle. That's what you're going to be sadly stabbed in. Um, Very sad. Um, So do practice problems. Don't just passively click through cards. You need to test yourself. Yeah, I will um, add because I, I think they make you guys do essay answers, which definitely is um, definitely harder than simple recognition. But I will say that practice problems are incredibly helpful, even for the MBME portion, too, because you might think, you know, anatomy, but but those clinical correlates and when they present a um, clinical scenario, it's not as intuitive as you might think. You studied the heart, you know what it does, and then they give a presentation about, I don't know, you hear like a harsh two out of six systolic murmur, whatever cardiologists say, it's not important. Um, <laughs> sorry, cardio buddies. But, um, it, you know, it, it really makes you think and you really have to rack your brain. So you have to think in a certain way of get out of like the undergrad mindset of just knowing a structure and what it does is enough. You have to be able to apply it and it it doesn't come as easy as, as you might think. Everybody here is smart, but... Um, it, it was definitely hard, at least for me, at least in how they worded the questions. Yeah, so they're actually changing it uh, because step one is pass fail now. So <laughs> they're they're doing a higher ratio of multiple choice questions to short answer, uh, which has not been done before, um, at least here at Penn State. So yeah, practice questions for the win, one hundred percent. For the win, yeah, most definitely. I think like to get some validation to. Penn State, though, I heard in the rubblings that they're actually considering adding some free response to step. I think it's going to miss. Really? Our co- yeah, it's going to miss our cohort. That's what I've been hearing from because a lot of people at Mayo write the board questions, but they're piloting that right now. So maybe in a couple of years, you guys will have the benefit of getting to write out your thought process. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, honestly, short answer kind of saved me on those exams. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, like, do they give actually, you partial credit? Yeah, they do. Okay, they good. Do. Also, I just feel like it's easier to explain myself. I mean, no one knows me. I talk more when I get nervous. I also write more when I get nervous. <laughs> uh, so it's like, okay, I'm going to write everything. And, you know, it's kind of, you throw enough darts at the wall, some are going to stick kind of, kind, of, kind of thing. But that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so I know we're kind of coming up on our time here. So just wanted to give some last words, some last nuggets of wisdom, I think. That could be helpful. I think the first thing is, at least for us, if you're working with, um, if you're working with cadavers, especially, be respectful. Um, they have to like anonymize a lot of it because, like, you know, privacy and that kind of thing. But like, like I, I just, you know, for for example, I was looking at my cadaver and like I saw C-section scars on her abdomen, um, like, and and I would, I it really struck me like this person was a mother. You know, she has a family. She probably has grandchildren out there that miss her dearly. And it's really important to, like, recognize that this person donated themselves for your education. And they're not just, like, not, you know what I'm saying? Not, they're not they're not the dummies. I, I, I don't know if you saw this, Noah, but um, a couple students at the University of Pittsburgh got Yeah, I was arrested. about to bring that up, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you have more details than me, but. No, from what I think, what I, from what I actually hear, I think it was some undergrad students. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, yeah, I don't think it was medical students, fortunately. But it, medical students have done it in the past. You can look it up. Like, 
there have been some pretty bad stories out there. So like Lenny was saying, don't be one of the people who gets kicked out because you were disrespectful to a cadaver. That's somebody who donated their time for you to learn and you know it should, it should be treasured. That was a human life. Yeah, no, I know medical students, like I've read about medical students that have like taken selfies and stuff with cadavers. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I think the best, like, okay, best policy, because some schools might not lay this out. I think the best policy in the cadaver lab or when you're working with patients, period, it's like, just leave social media and your phone out of it. Um, you know, these are people coming to you for, for a live patient, like, um, for a very private matter. They're entrusting you to, to take care of them. And, you know, it's cool because like, especially for like your first couple of patients, you're like, wow, I like helped this person. This is so great. Um, and to bring it more back to relevance, like with cadavers too, you're, you're super excited, but I would just stay off social media and pictures and all that, like give it the sanctity and the respect that those bodies deserve. Yeah, no, um, just don't be that guy. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that's the fundamental I read online that it's like this is the first patient that's ever entrusted to you, um, and it's like if you mess around, you know, you're screwing up your first opportunity. I think. Yeah. And yes, they may not be here with us still, but like they still trusted you to take care of them. Um, just like you know, in any intimate patient situation, like you know, if you're an OBGYN, you're doing a pelvic exam, that patient's trusting you right to be gentle with them if you're doing surgery that patient's trusting you with their body same way the cadavers that cadaver donor is trusting you yeah uh so i think like our biggest take home for like the cadavers treat the bodies with respect um you know for that matter treat everybody in the room with you um with respect and like if somebody's like joking around or like doing something inappropriate like you know it's definitely you know okay to ask somebody to like stop that behavior um I think um, moving on to like sort of like a lighter topic of like last minute advice, I think um, it certainly depends on how your course is organized, but do not fall behind. This is not one of those courses um, where you can get by by missing a day or two and like catching up on a weekend. That, 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 that doesn't happen. Um, once you're behind, you are behind for the rest of the course. So stay on top of it. Um, you know, do your Anki or whatever study resources work for you. Not everybody's an Anki person, but you read textbooks, read your textbooks. If you watch videos, watch your videos. If you do Anki, do your Anki. But have a routine, get it set early, and stick to it. Yeah, no, um, for real. I, I put, this is not like, oh, I skip lecture. I can watch it on two times speed later on. Like, you need to go. You need to be in lab. You need to read the stuff beforehand. Because I will tell you when you're cracking open a chest cavity or whatever, and you're looking at a bloody mess inside and you have no idea what the heck you're looking at and everybody else around you does, that's really bad because there's a lot to get through in every session and it's bad to be the guy that's like, I don't know what's happening. So do prepare because you'll bring everyone else down too. Yeah, also, it's just so much content. I spent like two weeks, two and a half weeks straight studying for this exam and it was still yeah. hard. Yeah, it. 
I think anatomy universally. I think for a lot of people, this is where you feel like you're in medical school. For a lot of people doing the basic sciences, like for us, before anatomy, we had biochemistry and genetics and histology, which a lot of people had, um, you know, an undergrad in some form, one or another. You have to know biochemistry for your MCAT. Anatomy is something that less people have exposure to. And even if you did, it wasn't at this intensity. Um, so this is a block where I would say, regardless of how it's structured, if you have Zoom or it's online, go to class. This, some classes you can get away with purely third-party resources. I think it's worth it. You know, go to class, learn from your professors. These people have been doing it for 20, 30, sometimes 40 years. Um, you know, they have wisdom that they'd like to share with you. So don't skip over what your school gives you. Yeah, don't I think skip over, yeah, yeah. Don't skip over what your school gives you. And just for like those who think that you can't get away with third party resources, professors will write exam questions that aren't covered <laughs> by like um, on your standard on your standardized exam. So you do need to pay attention to those PowerPoints. They're important. They will come back to haunt you. I promise. Yeah, I, I think that's particularly for anatomy. I think you could probably get away with reading like the entirety of Lily or something for cardiology. Uh, yeah. The reason why I mentioned it is because it's sitting right here next to me. <laughs> I can't get in the camera. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, all right. I think that's uh, a good stopping point unless Noah, you have anything else to say. No, yeah. I would just say that um, for all of our pre-meds or people who are, depending on when you're watching this, if you're getting ready to start anatomy, enjoy it as much as you can. Um, I think this was the first time where next to, in the class I took afterwards, pathology, where we started formulating differentials and all that. This was kind of like the first time where I'm like, I'm in medical school. Like I realized like I'm here, like I'm doing this. Um, so while it, it probably sucks for seven weeks or when of course a little bit less than that. Um, just try and find a silver lining in that you're doing this for a reason. Um, it's really important. Stay on top of, stay on top of your stuff and um, treat the bodies with respect. And, you know, it's really, um, it formulates you. This is part of like shaping you into the doctor that you're going to be. So don't take it lightly. Your patients will appreciate you knowing where arteries and nerves are especially when their chest is open and you're holding a scalpel <laughs> if you're going into surgery <laughs> please <laughs> please do not skip on all right well uh my sounds like a wrap uh thank you so much everyone for being with us today uh if you enjoyed what you heard or and slash or saw um please give us a like and subscribe it really helps the channel uh follow us on spotify or whatever platform that you're on and we'll be back very soon with some more interesting topics. All yes. right. Have a good night, everybody. See you.